Alright guys, well it's Hazel Emlyn here with the Real Life and Real Estate Podcast and I'm so excited to introduce you to my second guest ever, Miss Erica Apke. Welcome, thanks so much for coming. Thank you for having me today, Hazel. It's, it's insane, I feel like too many years have gone by since yeah. we've seen each other, but I feel like it really hasn't been that long even though it kind of has. It's been what, four years? Yes, but you walk into the room and it's like the time never really passed, I know. but you know, you have a lot to talk about, so it's a good thing. I know. <laughs> well, and then for those that are listening that don't know our relationship, you and I met each, met each other in the pageant world. You know, mm-hmm. I was a title holder in 2013, 2015, but in 2016, you crowned me America's Miss California. That's right. And that's how we met. And now yeah. you're still rocking it, doing your thing, and I'm so excited to hear kind of where you're at right now, four years later. And you too, and seeing how far you've come absolutely in the real estate world, it's very impressive, think, honestly. No, thank you, thank <laughs> you so much. But seriously, for those like, you know, that know nothing about you, like, give them a little spiel on who is Eric Abke. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's been a wild ride for me. So I'm recently going back to school to get my undergraduate degree, hopefully right to move on to a PhD in organizational development. Okay. Started out in the fashion design world, so I'm going to jump around a bit for people who really don't know me. I started out in fashion design, designing for guest jeans and aloe yoga, which you've seen in Nordstrom's if you've ever been inside of a Nordstrom's. I love the creative side of me, but I found that I wanted to be more helpful with understanding people and sociology and social psychiatry and really making a difference um, as far as mental health in this country. So I've decided to go down that path instead of the creative fun route. Yeah, I need to actually do something with my life. I love that. Well, I kind (laughs) of want to touch on that creative fun route first. Sure. (laughs) So like, what? I mean, you're so accomplished. I mean, for those that don't know, I mean, and you're humble. You are so humble, but you are incredibly talented, not just, you know, um, creatively, but I mean, you're just, you're smart, you're beautiful. I mean, you're just so well-spoken. You're someone I look up to, and I always did, even before I competed in, you know, the America's Miss organization. Thank you. But, um, you know, what got you going? Like what, why, you know, being a designer, like what got you to that point? You know, it was actually pageants. And a lot of people think that pageants are corny or like outdated, right? Right, That's usually the response that I get. And they're honestly not like I would not be able to even have a conversation with you right now if I didn't compete in them. And by competing in them, I got my fashion sense. Before I competed in a pageant, (laughs) I could not match a t-shirt to a pair of jeans. It's the weirdest (laughs) thing. I just couldn't. Um, And then I just started wearing this amazing evening wear and these suits and things that you don't get to wear in a normal day-to-day anymore. People don't dress up, especially now. We're wearing wearing yoga pants every day and sweats. So um, I wanted to take that creative route. I almost went to UC Davis to do civil rights law. So it's funny. I knew that I wanted to do something serious, but then I went the creative route and now I'm back into, okay, well, let's get back. Kind of all comes full circle, right? Yeah, it does. It's crazy. I mean, so how did, how did you like, cause I know, I mean, when I first stumbled upon you, you were designing these gorgeous dresses, like with your Abke collection. I was like, what the heck? Who is this girl? And then our world just kind of intertwined with you know, America's Miss California. And I mean, what, like, what inspires you? I mean, what kind of drives you when it comes to like that creative side of you? I think that's the entrepreneur in me, right? And I didn't want to do just a clothing line. I was like, oh, I'm going to donate 20% of the sales to charity. And I was letting anyone who purchased a dress from my clothing line Mm -hmm. to choose what charity the money went to. Oh, wow. Um, And it usually had something to do with marginalized groups like homeless or uh, LGBTQ. And that was my way of making a difference then. But, you know, I'm the creative side. I'm not the salesperson. So that was the problem. I needed a a good salesperson in order to keep it going. Yeah. So 
Um, it was an interesting adventure, though, having your own clothing line and everything was made in China, which supporting the women there was actually really cool. It wasn't just a product that was randomly made in China. I knew the factory. I knew the women there. Um, wow. So it was really fun. It's something that I can still get back into at any time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's probably people listening, especially young women, maybe listening right now. And what could you say if you, you know, were to come across somebody that wanted to get into like that kind of entrepreneurial yeah. <laughs> field? You, yeah, you just have to try. Trying yeah. is winning. And if you don't, just do it. I mean, it's kind of that Nike slogan, just do it. But it's sincerely like... You have to just do it in order to get the experience of like, okay, well, I didn't do this right. What do I do next time? Maybe that'll make me more successful. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, just got to put yourself out there and try it. It works great. If it doesn't, hey, at least you tried it, right? Exactly. Maybe get the license that you need to do it. Um, I went to the Fashion Institute in downtown LA, which was famous at the time because of that reality show, The Hills. Oh, yeah. I remember that show. I'm like, is that that too far back? Do people remember? No, no. Shoot, I mean, not for me. That was my show. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Yeah, that was the show. That was the cool show. So all the cool kids went to fit them, and I was like, I want to go. And I don't regret a moment of it. It was a crazy wild ride. And then you did. Yeah. And then, I mean, it took you, I mean, to where you're at, I mean, now, right? I mean. And this is 10 years later. I graduated from FITM in 2012. Wow. So this is 2020 that I'm now going back to school, which is just proof that you're never too old to change your route or keep going in a different direction. That's totally okay. Um, To have several different careers, several different educational past as life continues I love that I love you know just I I feel like we're kind of like kindred spirits in that way like I don't think you're ever too old to learn something new or to do something that you love and follow your dreams and whatever that is right and I think it's really important to stress that especially to young kids because you know I feel like I was just having a conversation with someone the other day and they're like I don't know what I want to do and they're 21 yeah. Like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. I'm like, I don't even think I knew what I wanted to do. I mean, does anyone really know? Probably not. Like, nope. <laughs> you know, and I mean, so try different things and just, you know, figure out what inspires you and makes you happy and whatever that is, go just for it. Just do it. Yeah, just do it. We'll go back to that. Yeah, I yeah. just went to fashion school and I just did it and I started working for guests and I loved it for a long time and then I was like, okay, I'm ready for something else. Yeah. Kind of like crazy. you. I mean, when did you start doing the real estate thing? Oh, man. Actually, I think that was right right around when I met you like 20 it was probably 2015 2016 and I just you know I said you know I'm gonna try it and if it works great if it doesn't I tried it and I haven't looked back since so it's kind of one of those things like I'm always somebody that just I don't know I love to work and I love to kind of like make your own future so to speak you know your own kind of path so it's kind of fit me very well. Well, it looks but. like an empire to me. I Aww, mean, I've just been watching sweet. you through the years, and it literally looks like you're just building this fantastic empire. And it's so professionally done. Aww. And that's the part where, like, okay, you don't know how to do it at first, but then, like, you get the gist. You start following other creators like yourself or other entrepreneurs like yourself, and you just start getting this really smooth way of doing things yeah and I mean trust me it takes a village I mean you're yeah. here with me right now and people listening don't know this but I got a few <laughs> right. people here right now people making behind this the happen camera. it's definitely not just me it definitely takes a village and I have some amazing people part of you know my team that really makes it all kind of come together and look all pretty but yes. you know you just got to surround yourself with the right people and then I think it all just kind of works out the way it's meant to that's so important but yes. Going back to your pageants, because, I mean, I, I love that side of you. I really do. And I'm kind of curious to know, you know, like, where, where that's taking you, like, right now. Like, what – is pageants still, like, in your life? I mean, 
I had someone who recently told me, um, oh, you're too old to do pageants, aren't oh, you? Or something, goodness. they said something like that. They were like, aren't you too old for that? And my reaction was just like, excuse you. No, I'm not. <laughs> you're never too old to do something, right. right? There's a pageant for every different kind of specialty. Like there's like a Miss Native America. Um, there's a Miss Wheelchair USA. Oh, wow. And um, there's just so many avenues and you can never stop building upon yourself. And it's just, I have this innate drive to, all right, well, let's get myself back into shape and I want a bigger platform to talk to more people and I want more friends. Right, right. So this is just... It's natural for me to choose to do a pageant because it's so healing for me. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's what a lot of people don't realize is, you know, the things you can really gain from it. And I mean, I know for me, you know, I got into it because I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to be out in my community. You know, I wanted to advocate for things I was passionate about. I didn't really, for me, it wasn't about the crown, the sash, the dresses. I mean, all that was fun, but (laughs) It really wasn't about that. It was a bigger kind of mission. I don't think people realize, like, what you truly can get mm-hmm. from, you know, doing something like pageantry. I mean, like you, probably couldn't hold a conversation with someone back in, you know, 2012 when I first did my first pageant. Oh, it was all bad. I mean, sure. my interview was terrible. I don't know what I did with my hair. I had, like, this big old poof. And, yeah. you know, a couple of years later, worked some things out, got better at public speaking. But... You know, it's just, I took a lot from those years, and I still use them to this day. Oh, yeah, especially as a realtor. Yeah. Big time. It's all about presentation. Presentation, talking to people, like, you know, I mean, it's just a lot, you know, from those years really kind of made me who I am, and I I know you can attest to that, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was 12 years old, before I did a pageant, I literally got on the phone one night to order pizza because my brother made me. And I ended up in tears. Oh I was crying oh. on the phone, pathetically, because I couldn't order a pizza because <laughs> I was so shy. So, And then Miss America was on like a week later, and I was like, I want to be like that. So, yeah, I think people just don't realize, you know, you can gain so much from, from something like pageants. I mean, public yes. speaking skills, presentation skills. I mean, tell me a little bit about what you've taken from your years in this. It really is a sport, and it's more of a mental sport than anything else. So the ability to go up on stage, listen to a question, and then answer it in a way that actually answers it is a lot harder than you think. A lot harder than most people think until they get up on stage and then they, like, run off crying. Oh, yeah, and the spotlights are on you. It's hot as heck, (laughs) and then you're sweating, and you're like, what was the question? Like, I mean, it's there's a lot that goes into it, and I think people just don't appreciate, I mean, all the prep that goes into it. I mean, yes. There's and a lot. A lot. What bothers me, a comment that I get a lot, is that a lot of people say it's not feminist. And I believe that that is the total opposite. It is such a yeah. feminist event. 100%. Um, as long as it's run by women for women, it is totally a feminist event. And um, the friendships I've built, um, even people that I know across the world, I have a house in France that I could go stay in because I oh have a girlfriend goodness. in France or Italy or wherever. Um, it's just an amazing thing. Yeah, so. and I mean, just like, you know, just it really opens doors. And I mean, for me, I probably would not even be where I'm at, even just in real estate, if I didn't do pageants all those years ago. Years ago, I mean, I met my broker at a charity event in uh, here in Vacaville in uh-huh. 2013, and I ended up babysitting for him for a while. And then he's like, hey, you know, I think you'd be great in real estate. I think you should go for it. I, I, that never would have happened. And that's the beginning. And yes. that is a professional relationship that you've built yes. from being a part of, of something. And that's what a pageant is. It's just something. It's being a part of Girl Scouts, being a part of a swim team, right. being a part of a college 
um, scholarly team. It's just another team, but this is a group of women for women, by women to lift each other up, right. try to make a difference somehow. Yeah, and it's like something bigger than you. Yes. Which, you know, I think is, you know, my, one of my most favorite parts about it. But tell me a little bit about, you know, when you, you know, back in your early days, you know, everyone kind of switches, you know, their routines up as far as, you know, like preparing for interviews or preparing yourself for on stage. Like what, how did you like progress, you know, over time? I progressed very slowly because at first, <laughs> when I was a teenager, um, you know, I just would practice and practice and watch videos and videos and probably just wrapped my re- mind around too many bad ideals yeah. of what I should be and sticking to this cookie cutter idea of what I thought I should be. Um, and really, I was doing that to myself. Right. And society, as, in a way, does that to women in general anyway, even outside of pageants. Um, so it was breaking out of that conditioning of like, okay, well, who am I? How can I define myself? And then how can I present myself that way on stage at an interview? So that way people get it and are, are inspired by it to the point where they would want me as their leader. Oh, I love that. That's but yeah, that's that's it. like, I think that's kind of the way I did it too. I mean, you just little yeah. by little and you find out, you find out so much about yourself. I think in that, in that process, it's a lot of discovery. I yes. mean, you just, you find out a lot of what you are capable of doing and you know, it's just, I, there's something beautiful about it. And I think people give pageants a bad rap. But I think that, you know, if, if you're someone out there that's listening that has thought about, hey, I want to give that a whirl, do it. I mean, mm-hmm. it won't hurt. It probably would help you. You'll probably make some great friends, have some good memories, have some fabulous pictures, hopefully. Yes. You know, and it's something that you can just take with you really forever. Exactly. But I think every girl should try doing a pageant here and there. Um, and every guy, there's a Mr. World, you know. Is there really? And he's killing it. He's like this oh, drummer, gosh. and it's taken his <laughs> drumming to, like, new heights because now he's got this international attention. That's um, awesome. But, yeah. Well, that's the thing, too, is, I mean, you know, kind of circling all back through is, I mean, some of the best moments of my life, some of the best opportunities of my life came from having a crown and a yeah. sash. And let's be real, most people don't really pay attention to you but if you have something shiny on your head or like an official title all of a sudden you're like the most important ever most most important person ever and it's 100 percent. i mean it's kind of creepy it it kind of it's kind (laughs) of sad too at the same time because if you think about it i mean there's probably so many people that have so many wonderful ideas or things to say and some people just don't give them the time of day exactly and you are totally ringing true to me right now because i've done so i've done motivational speaking at schools for about 10 years yeah over those 10 years i've done some of them in crown and sash and some of them not the times when kids listen the most the letters that i get (laughs) years later where they're like thank you so much for talking to us was when i was wearing the crown and sash yep it just brings you to this celebrity status of people want to listen to you um, even when you're saying the same thing. Right, but right. Yeah, yeah, and they want it. They want it, little girls, especially, you know, want to be you. I mean, they want one day maybe to be a Miss Whatever, Miss USA, Miss America, mm-hmm. you know, and I mean, that's something that I know when I was younger, I looked up to. It wasn't maybe something I ever thought I would, would do. I mean, right. I was a tomboy playing soccer. I mean, pageants were very far off the radar. But, you know, eventually they came in and I, you know, aspired to be, you know, the best version of myself. That so it could be. What was that moment for you where you figured out, okay, I'm a tomboy, I want to do all this. But what mm-hmm. was the moment for you where you were like, okay, I'm going to try this? Do you remember? You know, uh, yeah, I was. It was 2012. I didn't win that year, but that's okay. I, <laughs> I had a friend at the time who was a local title holder in Sassoon. 
she's like, you know, I think I think you should go and try for Miss Vacaville. I'm like, oh, okay, like I can't walk in heels. I, you know, don't know the first thing about pageants, but I did it more so just kind of for fun, you know, mm-hmm. something to kind of laugh at. I wasn't really being serious about it right. until you started going to like rehearsals and you started learning more about it. And then I fell in love with what you could do with it. I mean, not just be up there on stage, you win a crown, you get to be in a parade, you know, all, all great. No, I mean, the lasting things you could do. And I fell in love with that concept. And I was yes. like, okay, that is what I want to do. I don't care, you know, if it's a little pageant here in Vacaville or Miss America. I, I want to do that because I want to inspire somebody. I want right. someone, in, you know, to listen to whatever I got to say. And hopefully it inspires one person. And if it does, then everything was worth it. Exactly. And these local titles can be a big deal, too. Like, oh, totally. If I wanted to speak at the local high school right now, they'd probably be like, yeah, right. Who are you? Stop calling. But if I was Miss Napa or Miss Vacaville, right, they'd right. be like, all right. Like, oh, heck yeah. And then yes. we clear out this person and get, like, over get here. you in there. And that's true. That happens <laughs> actually more than one time. But do you have like a favorite memory of when, you know, it was kind of the... Oh, there are so many talks that I did um, where I I spoke about domestic violence. I'm a survivor for anyone out there who doesn't know. Um, I've unfortunately had some bad relationships in the past decade of my life. And I share that with young girls because domestic violence isn't really something that they learn about in school. No. Um, Unless they learn about it from personal experience, which is horrible, in which case I would hope that I could be some beacon of information of, hey, this is what you can do if you find yourself in this situation or here are the red warning flags. Um, my favorite moments, though, specifically to answer your question, are probably the letters that I get recently. Aww. I'll get three to five a year, and it'll be a random letter, and I'll be like, how do you even remember my name? And you found me on Instagram, and you wrote me this letter about how 10 years after I've talked to you that I've made a difference. Oh, my gosh, I love that. It's such a, a, a span that. of time. Yeah. So when you ask me your favorite moment, that's a recent moment, so that's why it sticks in my head. Yeah, but, but. I mean, those are, those are, those are powerful yeah. Like you made, that's probably going to be something that person will always remember. And it makes my day because I've probably had a really horrible, tough day and I'm yeah. thinking badly of myself because I have a really bad inner bully and then I'll get this letter and I'm like, well, I guess I'm great. Yeah. And see, that, that's <laughs> the thing is like, I, I feel like people, again, just don't realize there's such a bigger, there's a bigger, you know, thing than just competing on stage to yeah. win a crown every girl so has much a bigger. story to tell oh they I do think is the way to put it they do i mean you know yeah. you know me for those that don't know i'm a survivor of sexual abuse and i mean that was for me kind of the reason why i got into pageantry was to you know advocate for that to be you know somebody that hopefully if they're going you know if somebody's out there listening to whatever i got to say if there's one person out there that's going through what i've gone through at least maybe it would be you know some inspiration to just yes. hold on to hope that you know things can get better you know you can you know move forward from that situation and, and life goes on and, and hopefully we'll get much better yes so and that's just, a big deal it, it is. sounds and so simple to say it, but it's a big thing. And you're right. My favorite moments were always the moments where I'd get the private messages or yes. private phone calls or, you know, someone would pull me aside after I did some sort of speech. And I still make those speeches to this day. Yeah. People still hear about it from an old appearance that I did. I mean, I just did one in December for, gosh, it, it's already been six months into, since December, <laughs> but I did one in December for the police association and it was for this that same topic just talking to adults about it i mean it's just you know things like like that have lasting impacts on people and it's just a very important conversation to have much like yes. yours is yes. you know it's just i think people don't realize that there's bigger things you can do with pageantry than just 
We are advocates. We are politicians. We are career women, yes. entrepreneurs, killing it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I, I just I hope if anyone's listening out there, you know, if you've ever had the thought to do it and you're like, no way, just go for it. Just go mm-hmm. for it. If you got something in your heart you want to talk about, or you know, you have something you're passionate about, you can do anything. You could talk about cancer. You can yep. talk about, I mean, volunteerism. I mean. If you're passionate about what's going on in politics, take that stance. I mean, absolutely. just don't cut yourself short. It's not all about the glitz and glamour. I mean, I still right. can't walk in heels. Like, <laughs> let's be real. I mean, I've held well. a few titles, but I think when I actually competed for Miss California, I tripped on stage. So, I mean, it's like, that's okay. I don't that's remember okay. that. Oh, yeah, it was... Mm-hmm. Uh, it was under my dress, and I, in the inside, I was like screaming, and the outside, I was like, "Hold it together, smile." <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. It's just you know, and it learned. And honestly, those the moments and like pageants kind of taught me that to like yeah. react on the fly and keep your composure. And you know, I mean, it's just every trip comes up for in soul. real life. Yeah, yeah, and it exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. it's very much real life situations and things that I take with me still to this day. But I mean, I will never regret my decisions for you know competing and you can make it your own you don't have to fit into a cookie cutter mold of anything or wear a specific dress because that's what you saw here right um so what actually and and that kind of brings me to my next question for you is what's been your favorite organization to compete in because a lot of people don't realize yeah there's different ones like yes you talk about miss usa and they're like oh is that after miss america or miss universe and you're like <laughs> it moves around. Yeah, they're different. They're different. Miss USA, yes. for those that don't know, Miss USA, Miss America are different organizations, totally. Completely different. And then, I mean, we could break it down to National American Miss. Oh, um, yeah. America's Miss California, Miss World, which mm-hmm. I am now competing in. Oh, I'm um, excited to get into that here in a second. <laughs> um, but there are so many pageants to compete in. What was my favorite one? It was honestly... My heart goes out to Mr. Justin Rudd in Southern California. He is running the Miss Long Beach, Miss Southern California Cities program. Mm -hmm. And in his program, you win a certain amount of cash and scholarship if you complete a certain amount of hours of community service. Oh, I love that. When you say community service, most people don't respond the way that we do. Right. I'm like, (laughs) yes, yes. (laughs) So what I mean by that is you actually get to go out and hang out with some of the coolest people in your community. Like, I remember hanging out with homeless people and having a Ross gift card and going to Ross with them as a title holder and helping them shop for their new apartment that they just got because they just got out of rehab or something. I mean, it's just these beautiful, beautiful moments that I would never have if I had not been part of that pageant. So that um, is definitely my most memorable. And that's not really a system. That's Justin Red all by himself. Right, right. Well, that's, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, SoCal. So if you're a lady living in SoCal, you need to familiarize yourself with Justin Red. Yeah. That's awesome. And I mean, how? what year was that when you... This was 2014, 2015, right before I won okay. the title okay. that I crowned you as my successor. Man, that's crazy. Was that the first yeah. one you ever competed in? That was the first, one of the first adult ones. Okay. Um, because I did teenage ones and Miss Teenage California at the time was the biggest one. It had yeah. like 400 girls across the state Holy competing moly. every April for Miss Teenage California back in the 90s. We're going back in time. <laughs> but the, the scholarship with well, a grand prize was a $10,000 scholarship. Wow. So you get 400 girls showing up to this event. And I was beyond blessed to have having made it to the top five twice. Wow, but that's then, an accomplishment. Thank you. But you age out. Yeah. You know, and then you have to find the next thing and... 
keep competing here and there and competitions change some of them have fun fashion some of them have bikini yeah some of them do the fitness wear um and i don't mind any of it i don't think um just to bring it up i don't think walking across in a bikini is across the stage in a bikini is anti-feminist oh thank you so much for saying that because i 100 percent agree yeah if anything honestly those moments where i mean you get out there and you're bearing you know yourself out to the world <laughs> yes, it's, it's kind of empowering i mean i i was always scared of those moments that was my least favorite competition phase was the swimsuit i mean for obvious reasons i had to give up my floats my ice cream my cookies you know just to make sure you know i felt confident and good in my you know own skin but yes. those were also the moments where i felt the best like i was like owning the world when i walked across for that 15 seconds yeah you know and I, I think people don't, like, realize, like, yes, I mean, you know, you're up there in a bikini, but at the same time, like, it's an empowering moment. Like, who, how many people can say that they've done that? Absolutely. It's, it's empowering, it's scary, but it's fun, and it's, yeah. um, it's a big weight off of your shoulders. Um, maybe I shouldn't talk about weight in yeah. that regard. <laughs> um, it's a big weight off your shoulders when you do walk across the stage, but it's not about having that perfect body. Right. It's just about having the body that you want. So because you're the one walking across stage, it's your experience. Right. And you want to feel good in your skin. Whatever that is, that is perfect. Yes. And I mean, yeah, I think when the Miss America organization changed that, I did not agree with it. I mean, you can be brilliant, smart, intelligent, driven, and still wear a bikini on stage for 15 seconds. And you're nothing less, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Or even be plus size. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I'm really intimidated going into Miss World because there are beautiful, voluptuous women who are competing. Okay. And they have the confidence level of, like, (laughs) where I could never be. (laughs) And I just want their confidence inserted into my brain. Because when they go out on stage, they're just going to rock it. And I'm just so excited for them. And I'm just, like, hoping that, like, I can muster up everything in me. You got this. So So wait, tell me about that, like, system. I'm very foreign to the Miss World system. I never competed in it, but... This is a really cool system because I've never seen a system that is so inclusive as far as diversity, um, diversity not just in bodies, but in skin color, I'll go ahead and say it, as well as diversity of minds and what every girl is just bringing to this stage. Um, These are power women. The the age range goes all the way up to 59. Holy moly. So we're talking about women that are doctors, veterinarians. Wow. just amazing women that I'm going to be up there and I'm going to be like, and I'm here, why? <laughs> <laughs> no, you deserve to be up there for sure. But that's Thank wonderful. You. I mean, I didn't even know. Yeah. I mean, talk about accomplished people. I mean, you know. No offense to Miss America or Miss yeah. USA, but yeah. I'm going to speak bluntly that when you watch these on TV, it's not that the, each girl looks the same, but I've never seen the diversity that I've seen at Miss World specifically. Oh, yeah. I'll agree with you 100% um, on that. Yeah, the size, the shapes, the height. Um, and as a short girl, I always felt really disadvantaged in, in pageants. So I'm just really excited to get there and meet all these amazing women, which we create a sisterhood. You know, it's COVID, yeah. so we're over the computers creating sisterhood. That's awesome. Um, Zoom happy hours. It's oh, that's awesome. I love it. So, like, <laughs> are the phases of competition pretty similar to... Yeah, so uh, 40% is interview because ability to speak and Mm -hmm. share opinions on a global, international level. I mean, you're Miss World. You've got to be able to talk to anyone (laughs) about anything uh, at any time. Um, But I love how supportive they are about uh, our difference of opinions. So, like, I'm allowed to speak about um, LGBTQ community. I'm allowed to speak about... um, 
trauma recovery and domestic violence. Right, a lot right. of pageants feel really scared about really serious topics. Oh, I totally agree with you. So. I mean, as someone that had a serious topic, yeah. some people are like, maybe you should change your platform yeah. to like breast cancer or awareness. Or maybe tone it down. Yeah, yeah. and I'm like, uh, no. Exactly, that's no. what I'm here for. Exactly. <laughs> I did not sign up for, you know, not being 100% authentically me. And that is yes. me. That's part of me. Exactly. So I love that. And then do you yeah. guys know, I mean, I know with COVID, obviously things are different do you have any idea of when you yes. guys will get to compete or? so we're actually cutting out completely of the 2020 season and okay. the pageant won't be back until 2021 which okay. i think sends a good message of like look we're not gonna make anyone make any rash decisions here we're gonna take our time with this we're gonna yeah. allow the, all of us to heal and stop this pandemic before we can move forward with a fun event that's supposed to celebrate women it's not supposed to be about you know, trying to just make it there and hopefully not getting COVID on your right, way to right. where or, the pageant is. Right, or God forbid getting other people sick or, yes. you know, worse. So um, safety number one, camaraderie number one. We're all okay with waiting until 2021. Yeah. No, yeah. I love that. I love that. And where is it going to be held at? Do we know yet? Or I believe New Orleans. Okay. Assuming that the plans can shift over right, here. Right, right. Which COVID. I'm so excited because the food. Yes, that. <laughs> I mean, the, I've, I've heard. I've never been, but I've heard, like, the music, the food. I mean, just the environment. Yes. Always been on my bucket list. Maybe I'll just have to go out there and watch you and that knock that off fun. my bucket list at the same time. That would be great. <laughs> and then you might want to, you might start feeling that pageant itch. Oh, I don't know. My husband's but. like... No. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm getting that itch where I'm missing those gowns. I'm missing the, the heels. I mean, though I can't walk, like, very well. But I miss that. You know what I miss? I, I really miss the community service. And I, yeah. I will say that, you know, being in my professional life, I still am a part of that in a way. But not on the scale that I was back, right. back then. And I miss that. I think that's, like, always kind of been on my heart a little bit. Like, you know, if I could do anything... It'd be out there being in my community, volunteering as much as I could. Absolutely. Know. If I could get paid for it. Right. Yes. Yes. If you can make a living, you know, make <laughs> it all time. work, that's definitely what I would do. And I'm very passionate about that. And I think especially young kids today, I think we need to get them more involved. It's, I mean, I, well, I will say with like the BLM movement, all that, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm actually really impressed with at least my hometown from what I've been able to see, you know, organizations organizing peaceful protests and, you know, speaking their truths and what's on their heart. But I think that there's still so many kids out there that don't get involved. And I, I really hope that, you know, yeah. that starts changing a little bit. So, you know, it's important to get the youth involved and they're the, they are the future. They are the leaders of, you know, the next generation, so to speak. And absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see what happens after the pandemic. Yes. Everything's online right now. I've been um, continuing my talks like I was talking about before, talking at schools, I've been doing it all online, which okay. is great because their classrooms are more willing to go online. Yeah. Usually they would be like, no, you creepy internet stalker, get away from us. <laughs> uh, so um, that's, uh, that's awesome that they're more open to that, but I'll be interested to see how schools reopen. I, that's true. I mean, I'll throw out my opinion. I yeah. don't think they should reopen yet. Um, you know, my opinion is very much different than yours. I, but it, it's kind of that like double-edged sword because I do see, you know, the the struggles with some parents, especially single parents or oh, for sure. parents that are, you know, are essential workers, I, I can totally understand. And I, there's no way I can fully understand because I don't have kids, you know, at that age. Neither but do I. I understand yeah. that there is, you know, an issue there. But I mean, I think we're just, we're not ready. I mean, I mean, we can't even get a handle on it right now. And it's not even school. I mean, exactly. It's like, it's kind of scary. I mean, my, I mean, for those who are listening, my brother, tested positive for COVID and you know he's thankfully has minimal 
mild symptoms, nothing too crazy where he has to go to the hospital. But, you know, it's just, it's scary to know that you really don't know how it's going to affect you. Exactly. And I think, you know, if kids, we go back to school, I mean, we put a whole bunch of other people at risk, like teachers and, you know, the staff and their parents. And what happens if little Jimmy gets, you know, COVID and then what happens his family quarantines and what happens to all the kids he interacted with at school? It's like a domino effect. I think we don't yet understand how to put a big domino effect yeah and to what you were saying we're seeing the the most major outbreaks in prison right now yeah um in prisons across the country um in jails so just putting people in close proximity to each other sounds like a horrible idea oh yeah i don't think we should be doing that yeah i don't i don't think we're ready i mean i get it i want to be there for everyone you know to go back to work and things to go back to normal i mean god i miss disneyland like all these things you know we wish that were different yes but you know one step at a time and i think that hopefully we can hopefully in the next couple months get a handle on this where maybe we're having a different conversation come fall yes and we need to set our privileges aside um and our wants like i would love to go to disneyland right now yes but i'm not going to do that because i want to keep myself safe i have the responsibility to keep my family safe exactly my my sister has stage four cancer oh my god i need to immuno immunotherapy um or people with immunity compromised bodies needs to be need to be taken care of and protected right right. in our older population i mean there's just so many and like you know i think i think if anything like people we just need to be considerate of one another like be kind to one another i mean it's just yeah it's it's an intense world we're in right now but you know i'm really hopeful you know i was just talking to my husband about this you know i was (laughs) saying you know if i was competing in a pageant today and they asked me you know like what's the one thing that you want World peace. And that is 100% <laughs> the answer I would give is yes. world peace. And I mean, I mean, and I know now. you more mean than it. Never. Yes, I know you mean more it. than ever. But, you know, everyone always, that's the traditional answer world peace. No, it's 100%. You're like, then I'm a traditionalist, honey. Yes. Whatever. <laughs> give me that microphone. That will be my answer all day. But yeah, I mean, I'm hopeful things will start getting better here soon. And I think they are. I think they are, slowly but surely. Yeah. I mean, as humans, we have to keep hope, right? So. Yeah. And things will get better. Um, I was homeschooled, you know, so I I was actually homeschooled in high school. Okay. Um, Kids were mean to me, so I left for homeschool after my sophomore year. Okay. Which was great for me because I actually got to focus on my education. I started learning a little bit how um, Penguin books and public public schools textbooks aren't exactly correct. Interesting. For anyone out there who wants to do their own research. so in going to college and going to homeschool, I absolutely gained skills for responsibility and time management and controlling my own education mm-hmm. that probably kind of built my way into entrepreneurship in the long run. I like um, that. So I don't think homeschool is such a bad thing for no. all the kids out there and for the parents listening. Um, homeschool, if you actually let your kid um, be guided in an online type of way they'll actually impress you with the the amount of learning that they can do even on their own quote unquote air quotes I did yeah (laughs) (laughs) so um, it'll definitely be interesting how it all plays out and I I, you know I I get curious like you know five years from now when we look back on 2020 oh gosh you know where we'll be and you know the things that would have come out I mean hopefully great things come out of this I mean it's you know things have come out of bad times before and I think 2020 you know, can't be any different. So I'm hopeful some good things come out of this, you know, whether it's policies or inventions, you know. Yes. Protocols. Something's good. Good has to come out of it. It just has to. Yes. I mean, we got to hold on to that hope, right? 
Absolutely. And I'm actually a huge fan. You mentioned policies. I'm a huge fan of all the banned chokehold policies that are oh, happening yeah. across the nation. California is hopefully about to pass ours, AB 1196. Yeah. Um, just banning chokeholds, banning the use of deadly force. I think it's a great idea. If we could do that, 2025 looks great to me. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I agree. And I, I will hold on to that hope that 2025, when we're doing this again, this podcast again, you and I, we're going to reflect back on 2020, and I'm hopeful that, you know, everything that we were hoping would come into fruition does. Yes. So, awesome. Well, it was so good to talk to you, my friend. My gosh, it has been way too long, and we can't let it get, you know, this, this long before we talk to each other. Right seeing all the great things you're doing out there in the world right now. We, we need more people like you. Thank you. We need more people like you. And I think that, you know, if there's more people like Eric Abke, our world would be a much <laughs> happier, peaceful place. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in to this podcast for Life in Real Estate. I'm Hazel Emlin, and we'll catch you next time.